0: Go with D. I feel like Halo on the Miami Heat. The words I speak off this sheet are like a 3P. I don't just hop on a track, I bring running cleats. I'm a player for real, more than an athlete. Let like my mama tell it, coulda ran for the Senate. Instead, I penned it for Donovan Bennett. I'm cemented, this a deep dive. In your headphones of a long drive, up close and personal, just like you caught side. They ain't no out of bounds here, no offsides. We going live in one, two, three, four, five. You are now two to going deep with Donovan Bennett are literally going live, live from Cafe Diplomatico here, Toronto, the soccer headquarters where all nations unite, and I'm uniting with some great fellowship, great food, and hopefully some great football. There are big screens everywhere, Uh, and it's a big deal when Sid Sixero decides to join. You know it's real when Sid Sixero decides to join. Lots of people doing live news hits from inside and outside. He leaves his show, which... He woke up for, what, 3.30 a.m. this morning?
1: Who's counting? <laughs> Who's counting?
0: Decides to join me and you live here at Cafe Diplomatico for Canada's first match in the FIFA World Cup 2020. And, and just so you know, we've got live entertainment music from now until 9, so make your way down here no matter when. If you want to watch the Belgium match, so you better get here soon
1: because the place is already popping. It is filling up here. Anyone driving around downtown, if you're not in this place... Within the next thirty minutes, don't bother. <laughs> it is going to be packed in the Cafe Diplomatico, though. Deej, good to see you. you know I love you, Wynn. Good to see you, man. Love you. Um, if you're not Cafe Diplomatico is ready. I've never seen it like this. They've like made a mini junior hockey arena here yes. on the side street on Clinton. It looks amazing. There's a live band in here. So listen, this is a spot to be in. If you want to come down here, come down here quick. Second thing, I'm going deep on this pizza, Donovan. Yes that Cafe Diplomatico been kind enough to give us. Third, I think, I think I've think i been on CP24 four times this morning by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they're starting to get annoyed with me. <laughs> You're that guy who walks in I'm the wa- back of the I'm shot. waving right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, I think I've done it once. I'm like, ooh, I see a camera. I see a live truck. <laughs> Please be Lindsey Dunn. It's not, uh-oh, I'm in trouble.
1: No, Lindsey Dunn's on our team. Yes, Lindsey's amazing.
0: Oh, This is amazing. In, like, I, I want to do some housekeeping on all things World Cup before we go literally deep on Canada. But just to set the stage, like, Sid, we're, we're, we're mere hours away from kickoff. I have been in the supporters section with you at BMO. With the Voyagers, before any of this was cool,
1: before it was fun. When uh, that great rival, Dominica, came to town. (laughs) (laughs) You throw the records out when. (laughs) But Dominica on the road,
0: tough. But but at that point, right, it was just allegiance, really, to the badge and to the country, to the flag, not really thinking you would get here and see this. And here we are, in, in not a long time span, quite frankly, like, your overall emotion, that there are many flags hanging in this bar and off cars driving down this street but for you know 90 minutes plus extra time in this tournament it's been a lot of time the flag people are going to care about when it comes to world football in this country is canada your your
1: first thoughts when you sit with that is what well i mean look there's a lot there's a lot here for me first sitting here with you growing up in the city you grew up in and around the city. I grew up in and around the city. We not only are on the Fan 590 right now at Cafe Diplomatico, The Dip. Yes. I, the Dip is staying. The Dip is one of the great nicknames J.D. Bunkus has ever given anything. We're at The Dip. We're, do, we're doing a live show from on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, from Cafe Diplomatico here on College in Clinton. And on top of that, we are prepping for something that crept up on us like a comet ripping out from the sky and lighting up our soccer world, There's, like, this is this is kind of surreal on a, on a few levels. Let's focus on the soccer because we've been to games when BMO wasn't full. Oh yeah, we've been to games. I ran a clip this morning on breakfast television, uh, six to ten a.m. Eastern, City TV. Um, and it was a game in twenty eighteen. It was Dominica Canada, and and you could tell when you looked at the east side stands, the place wasn't full. There was like ten thousand people there that night. So this was twenty eighteen. And I'm like, oh, this is an interesting clip, so let's run this. And then I let the clip play out, and it was like Davies to Jonathan David in what felt like maybe their first game together with the senior men's national side. This was 2018. And I kind of said to myself, okay, at least, at least me, myself and people I know were there when. And for it to happen this quickly, for Canada to be playing today at 2 o'clock, is, is stunning. stunning. It's stunning. Look, Listen, we can sit here all day, and I've heard a little bit of that type of conjecture of we knew this was happening. B.S. <laughs> we didn't, no one knew this was going to happen. No one knew it was coming this quickly. No one thought, nobody thought John Herdman could flick the switch the way he did and take the success with our women's program, who've been to eight World Cups, and do it this quickly. No one with a straight face can tell me that and have me believe it. So... To, to say that I'm going to enjoy this today is is, it's an understatement. And the fact that, that you're seeing so many people in this city and around the country, you know, whether it was in Edmonton, uh, at Ice Tech, or wherever across the country, on a day that was arguably as cold as BMO when they clinched against Jamaica, uh, it, it's I, it, I'm still stunned that we're here. I'm stunned that we're talking about this. I'm stunned that we're also probably going to talk about Depending on where you want to take it, Deej, that they got a shot today, yes, and they got a shot Sunday, and they got a shot against Morocco, and um, if they don't lose this game today, they're in it. They're in. They're, they are in it with more than a shout, and it's a surreal. It is one of the most surreal sporting moments I've had in my lifetime outside of the 2019 Raptors run. If I'm if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, and this thing has, I this thing is just getting started. I think they're full of confidence, and they have a. They have a bleep you attitude to the world. And we're going to see a bit of that today. They're not going to. Here's what I love about what we're going to see today. They're not going to sit back. They're not going to. So, eh? They're not going to. Herdman's not parking <laughs> any buses. They, he's going to tell Buchanan and Davies, as long as Davies can play. Davies can play in 90 minutes. But Davies, Jonathan David, Eustachio, Ishmael Kone, when he gets on the field, that's the name we need to remember because he's going to sub on and he's going to cause some problems. They are going to have a goal. Canada will score a goal this World Cup, unlike 1986, unlike Hungary, the Soviet Union, and France. They're going to score goals, and it's a matter of what uh, Stephen Vittoria and and Camille Miller and the guys in the back can do. It's a a a big question, but to big picture it, which you do on the show, and you do very, very well, I'm floored. I am absolutely floored we're here in this moment having pizza at Cafe Diplomatico on Roger's Dime. On somebody's dime. on somebody's dime, getting ready for ho hum a Canada World Cup appearance. Yes, like I, I I haven't it hasn't sunk in yet. It hasn't sunk in yet. Honestly,
0: I hope I can also expense my amaretto sour through Oracle. Not sure if that one will clear. <laughs> I don't. But on somebody's dime, we're, we're having that, great no. pizza. So you said a lot there. You said no one could have foreseen it. I would argue Canada soccer. Couldn't have seen it this quickly. Because they probably would have structured some business relationships a little bit differently. There's
1: a lot they didn't see.
0: Yeah. If, 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 if that were the case. But clearly, Jard Herdman had some belief in the group, right? Like, you know, that group of not not 26, because it took more than 26 to get it's us a here. a bigger
1: squads for sure.
0: That group believed. I want to get into, you know, just for those listening, some housekeeping. Uh, Ronaldo. Because we didn't, we never got to put that story to bed because the fire alarm went on. The last time we talked on air, um, the overall questions about what this time do you need me off? It.
1: It's twelve oh eight. We got time here. We're going up. deep, are we not going, we are deep? going deep?
0: Last time I checked, we're going deep here on <laughs> yes. the show. All right, but we got but, time for that. But I I want you to put into context for people this level of commitment and sacrifice those players had to put in the multiple shifts they had to put in to get us here. To get us to cafe dip because in the middle of a pandemic playing in multiple countries around the world and if you're playing in concacaf playing on some let's say less than desirable conditions many guys put country before self and before club for the uninitiated who are just jumping on this bandwagon now put into context the level of commitment from Herdman on down to do all those things in the hope of getting here. And not only did they do it, they won the group. They won the group
1: going away in CONCACAF. Won an eight-team group, eight-nation group. For the hockey people listening, to go with what Donovan just said in terms of the sacrifice, picture for a moment if to qualify for a men's Olympic tournament, uh, Connor McDavid and some of the best Canadian players in the league had to once every six weeks go fly to a country with the worst ice possible and play and do it over and over and over again just to qualify for the Olympics, just to get in, just to say you're an Olympic nation. We're talking top tier talent who have to play in conditions that aren't great. Would you like that as a Canadian hockey fan? Would you accept that? Do You think the Penguins would accept Crosby doing that? You think the Oilers would accept McDavid doing that? Um, no, you wouldn't. That's what all of these players have done for, for this soccer program. Alfonso Davies is at Bayern Munich. He's flown to countries where the field is half concrete. It's dangerous. It is dangerous for your career. Same with Jonathan David. Same with Stefan Eustachio. Same with a lot of these guys. They, John Herdman had to convince a group of players to leave their club teams for a men's program who virtually had no pedigree. And no history. If you're German, that's a different discussion. Italian, that's a different discussion. English, you go down the line, it's an honor to get that call. There have been times where Canada's made that call for soccer on the men's side in this country where it's been a chore. It has been dangerous. It has been a sacrifice. And John Herdman convinced virtually all of these guys. Even Junior Hollett, who once upon a time really didn't know what we were about as a soccer nation. And now is 100% in. He had to convince these guys with no pedigree that today was possible, that a game like today against Belgium is possible, because Herdman is a wizard like that. Based on everything you, everything you see about Herdman on screen is what it is. You want to, thank you, sir, may I have another. What would you like me to do? That's who John Herdman is, and he convinced all these guys to do it. It is a dangerous game qualifying through CONCACAF. It is a dangerous game to fly to some of these countries who do not care about your ACL. It is a dangerous game to put your entire career on the line and to risk the wrath of Bayern Munich if you get their guy further injured than he already is, which is a storyline today we can get into as well because you need a partnership with a club that big. To do this with everything that you mentioned in terms of the risks, it's it's an amazing accomplishment. It's an amazing accomplishment based on the fact Herdman convinced the guys this is worth it. It's worth it to fly to the Haiti, the Virgin Islands, Cuba where it's not the same conditions and you are putting your career at risk legitimately. And John Herdman deserves a lot of credit. I know the players got here. Herdman had, Herdman politically had to really pull this together. Really pull this together. Now having a guy like Davies buy-in immediately is a different thing because that's a catalyst move. If Alfonso Davies says I'm in, a a lot of dominoes fall. But so many things had to go right for us to be here today getting ready for this game here in downtown Toronto. It's it's a stunning story. It is, honest to God, one of the craziest sports stories I've ever seen in this country, ever.
0: Yeah, the, the fact that the first national team back out on the field post-COVID was this national team going into places, you know, that did not have COVID nearly under control in the way that maybe we did in North America. Um, I, 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 it's a story that I, I don't think we... Pay enough time giving the flowers as you just did in paying respect the to the guys for the for yeah. the sacrifice because that's a big part of the story as to how they got here and why a big part of this World Cup story that we can't ignore uh, is how did this tournament get here in the first place like as much as it is cool to be at Cafe Dip in a heated patio normally this tournament's played when it's hot outside. And whether, there are so many angles, and the Guardian has done great reporting, whether it's the bribery to get it there in the first place, and the fact that they had to literally build eight stadiums and make up a city to host it on the back of migrant workers, or the fact that you know, on the eve of the tournament, Johnny Infanto decided, like, what marginalized group can I offend all at once? Let me do it for my opening remarks for this tournament. And then the One Love Arm debacle with seven european nations saying they were going to wear a very if we're being honest milk toast armband that kind of if you squint maybe you see a rainbow on it but maybe you don't and it doesn't actually say anything about pride it it just says one love to the point where they took the word love off of belgium's kit because it's
1: too and it was on the 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 inside inside of the kit it. it was on the collar on the inside you couldn't have love showing or not showing on that kit it was yes. bizarre. Now forgive us. There's a live band here at Cafe Diplomatico, so we're gonna fight over this. But it's it's, it's an interesting, it's a it's a really interesting point you make, D. In terms of, like, yeah, like I've been wondering how much longer England and Germany, and and the Netherlands, and Denmark and Wales and the countries that were told they couldn't wear the armband. I'm wondering. And it's, and it's not just the armband. How many times have some of the best soccer players in the world in the last two weeks been asked to sit in front of a news conference and talk about why a country they don't run doesn't allow gay people to be themselves? If I'm a soccer player, this is my last FIFA tournament. Last. Really? I would walk from this debacle. I would walk. Unless things seriously, seriously change, story- so the next tournament is in this country, and well, United States. But, and it, but, that's, but it doesn't Mexico matter to me. But it doesn't matter to me because right now the cake is baked with with this organization the way they run it. So if you're like Denmark today, basically admitted in a news conference, they're talking to the other UEFA nations that went through this with the one love armband, and they're they're going to make they're going to make a point to FIFA. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if it's if it's walking from the next World Cup, taking every Women's and men's team out of FIFA competitions. I don't know what they're planning. But I think something serious is happening because this is this is unacceptable how this played out. You are you put a bunch of players who had nothing to do with this in very dangerous circumstances because they have to speak to the media while they're in Qatar. You're yes. not in Qatar Correct. and I'm not in Qatar. They're in Qatar. Yes. And you don't know what's going to happen if you say the wrong thing, which is a fact over there. So, not only do you put those players in jeopardy, you're threatening the federations if they decide to protest in any way. Germany today put their hands to their mouths for the team photo. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't. Let me show, I'm going to show this to you right now. Germany, before the, uh, <clears throat> the loss to uh, Japan, went out and, you know, in, in the typical photo that you take before a game. They put, they all put their hands over their mouths, and it was one of the more shocking and, quite frankly, appropriate moments of the entire tournament. I'm showing this with Donovan Bennett right now. This is before the game. Wow. Germany. So this is not over. Germany's ticked off. England's ticked off. So's the Netherlands. So's Denmark. Um, this is not over. FIFA are going to pay a price for this. I hope they enjoyed the bribes. P- FIFA have alienated... A lot of nations and some of the best players in the world, who all of a sudden were be- have become political pundits when they didn't ask to be. But does it have to be that extreme of boycotting yes. the next FIFA tournament? Yes.
0: Because th- if they wanted to make a stand, they could have just worn the armband. Like it.
1: W- what Hold was, on. You would have worn if 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 you're Harry Kane. Let's play this out. If you're yes. Harry Kane before the Iran game, you're told yellow card if you wear this armband. So you are putting England in a position where you are one card away from not only missing the second half of that game and the next game in a tournament this short. You're gonna you're gonna risk that. Yes. Listen, it you it's either bigger than the game
0: or it isn't. Number one, that photo would be iconic. We're talking about Tommy Smith, John Carlos of our era. That's one. Two, it, it, we're talking about a card. It and. and Virgil van Dijk, I can have a little bit more of a conversation as a defender. He puts one foot wrong. That's a that's a different discussion. Is it what is what is a more uh, dangerous action? Harry Kane wearing an armband and maybe getting a card if the if the uh, official had the stones to show it. Number one, but two, what during that same game the Iranian players did by not singing the anthem. Forget about yellow cards. They have to go home.
1: That's a domestic issue, though. And, and it's super dangerous. I'm, I'm with you. If
0: I'm American and, I, and I'm watching the news and I see people in, in Colorado crying because uh, you know someone shot up a, a gay bar, that's a that's a domestic issue. That's an international issue. So so yes, I would have loved to be the third keeper that was subbed on just to wear an armband, to be shown a card, to to walk off. Cause you still have four
1: subs. Listen, with Kane, I think I think the decision was taken out of his hands. If I'm being honest. Probably you don't think you're not going to leave that up to Harry Kane. God bless him. He didn't go to an Ivy League school t- to figure this out. You know, like you got to like the FA has to step in. This was above him.
0: Well, se- and, and to your point, seven different. If European you and I get to a Nations World Cup together and, you, a press
1: and, and, and you decide to take a yellow card off the front, I respect why. I'm also a little pissed off that you now have a yellow in a World Cup game with me. It's that's the decision he has to make too. That's why FIFA screwed up. FIFA have, have done things to put everyone in bad spots. Everyone. Federations, players, fans, everybody but, but FIFA. But isn't
0: that part of the a protest? You protest is not, hey, can everybody sign a waiver to make sure they're they on took board a for the protest?
1: They did take a knee.
0: True, but they've been taking a knee. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, but that's actually Clearly it hasn't
1: had an effect in Qatar taking that, the knee. But
0: yeah. that actually is part of the reason why I'm perplexed because Despite the fact, and it's a great point, they did take a knee. And for those, you know, coming to the conversation, post-George Floyd in the U.K., uh, led by the Three Lions, many Premier League teams did it as well, but the Three Lions have continued to do it, England's national team, taking a knee before every match. Everybody, not just the black players, everybody on the team. And they, there were uh, British politicians yeah. who came down on them, members of the FA who came down on them, fans booing them. And they've continued to do it and and my thing is well let's follow the same logic if you have the bravery to do that to fight anti-black racism because the majority of the guys who scored the goals in that game were black do you not have the same bravery to do that for members of the two slgbtq community because that we
1: know none of them happen to be in that lockdown i And mean, they're basically saying if you do this you're gonna get ejected from this game at some point it was a serious threat, it, not only to you as a player but the rest of your teammates. It was completely unconscionable by FIFA to to, to ask that. It was unbelievable the threat. I think it was, I've never seen anything I think it was like a game it of soccer. Of and they backed down. I don't. I don't think if you're England, you can do that. I think. I think if you're a country that isn't isn't expected to win, those countries are expected to win. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it's, and I still say it was taken out of his hands harry kane is in the middle of that with every other captain but i think harry kane was told you're not wearing that we're, we're, we're going to do you a favor but but i say, if we
0: play this out if harry kane takes a a yellow and he hands the armband to harry Maguire. is the official going to walk over to harry Maguire, give him a yellow too if two european nations
1: face in the knockout stage they're going to give the both captains a yellow off the front Which of the game i would I, I would put nothing past fifa right now it's a it's a great example you bring up but do, would you put anything past FIFA? No one, like I mean, ev- everyone's in a bad spot here except FIFA. Everyone. And David Beckham, who might have got $200 million. Oh, man. So FIFA and David Beckham are making out like bandits, and everyone else has to answer for their garbage. And and if I'm a player or a federation who matters, I have influence. And I can tell the world, you're going to see a player or a federation after this tournament. I swear to God, they're going to say, we are done with FIFA. We are done with FIFA after this. Know if Infantino's president leaves. Know if there's a cleanup. There was supposed to be the cleanup uh, after 2010. He was supposed to be the cleanup guy. He was supposed to be the cleanup guy. He's the bag man. He's no better than anyone else. That bladder 2.0. He's no better than anyone else. I thought at least he would push back on some of this as a gesture to the world. I get it. Let me try and handle it. Nope. He is working for the Qatari royal family working for and there's no debating it and you are going to see repercussions fifa will be missing players and teams because of this and deservedly so canada mexico and usa are going to suffer four years from now but i don't think people care i think this is a hell of a moment this is the moment where it's like you are not important to us we're going to put you in front of the media and we're gonna and and you and people are gonna wait for you to trip up and piss off this government while you're in their country and there's nothing you can do about it. I, I wouldn't forget that. I, I wouldn't forget that and at if all. If players aren't willing to take a yellow in a group stage
0: match to push back, there's no way they're missing an entire tournament four years from now to push back. I I do want though to put a pin in this one because I don't think the story is going away anywhere. Oh, it's, it's not. So whether not it is. Uh, with you on Tuesday mornings on breakfast television, uh, in your Sid 60 segment, or later on the show, I'm sure we're going to be talking about the next ridiculous thing FIFA decides to do. And again, for those who don't know, the opening remarks of Gianno Infantino, president of FIFA, he essentially said the criticism of Qatar was racist. He understands what it's like to be Qatari, African, a migrant worker, disabled, and gay, because he was bullied when he was young for having red hair and freckles. And he was serious, but I do want to seriously talk about before I let you go because you're putting in a double shift for me, our national team and setting up this game. And you talked about them being on the front foot. How do you think they're going to set up? Like, let's walk. There, there are some names that are automatically on that team sheet. Let's walk through how you think they're going to set up. This is amazing. We can have a, a discussion about what the starting eleven it, is. It is amazing for Canada at World it Cup. It is
1: amazing. And I think it's fair to the the goalie is taken care of, right? It will be. I mean, it's Milan, Borean, and Goal for all three matches. For all three matches, all three matches. Uh, back three I, I would, settled. I would start. I go back four. Oh, okay. Talk I go. To me. I go. I mean, I go. Larea, Kamal Miller, Stephen Vittoria. I'd let Alistair Johnston be a fullback. Okay, he could be both. Yeah, that's true. But I like Alistair Johnston a lot. Because on the, I believe on Johnson's side is going to be Yannick Carrasco of Atletico Madrid. He's a good player. He's not a superstar, but he can he can do some things. So I prefer Johnson on that flank. Um, and, and I go four in the midfield. You go Junior Hull at left, Astacio, Tiba, uh, give me a little Tejon Buchanan on the flank. Let Davies for 50, 60, 70 minutes, whatever it's going to be, he's not playing 90, go 50, 60, 70 minutes as, as long as he can. Where on the park? And uh sorry, Cafe Diplomatico, everyone's walking by here. Um, and then Jonathan David up top, Ishmael I'm gonna I'm like I'll make this prediction. Ishmael Coney is the first guy off the bench in the 60th minute. I don't think Atiba Hutchinson plays past sixty. Okay. Take Atiba off. Coney goes in, he starts to attack defenders, and Eustachio pulls in deep in front of Kamal Miller and Steven Vittoria. Uh, Eustachio's gonna play a lot of different roles today. Cause I don't think Tiba can go ninety. We'll see. Um, but that's that's what I think the guts of it is going to be. How long Davies can play, I'm not sure. He, where where he are you ch- playing
0: him? Because free role, man. No free role. He, he is. Let him go. I think, without question, one of the best left backs in the world, or yep. left wing backs in the world, depending on his setup. But in CONCACAF, he could be the best striker in the region if yep. he wanted to. So you could put him in multiple places. But, but you think he he lines up where?
1: Up top next to Jonathan David and he does whatever he wants. Like that goal he scored at BMO where he kept the ball in and just and he beat everybody. That's a free roll move. Like he's if he's if he's chained to one part of the field, he doesn't do that. You have to let someone with that level of talent, the most talented Canadian soccer player on the men's side I've ever seen, you can't you can't hold him down. You have to let this incredible athlete just roam in the in the field free and let him do whatever damage and, and pick out whatever vulnerabilities Belgium has at his own liking. You, you, I, I think he needs a free roll, but I, I would go 4-4-2 honestly, I, I, know, I know three in the back with two wingers, that's the thing now, I'm not mad at it, but that's how I would line up, that's how I would line up So you have
0: left out of Sid Sixero's side, of is the manager Sam Akube who's scored one of the biggest goals in the lead up, and Kyle Laird who scored more goals Quite frankly, for this country than, than anyone in the inside, and it scored massive goals. Both of them are are outside of your starting eleven.
1: But they're looking good coming off the bench. Okay, I love I love
0: and, Kyle Aaron. I, I love think, him. Yeah, you're, you're you're probably not wrong because I think Jonathan David is a shoe in up top. The question is, is he better by himself? Is he better in a partnership?
1: Which is, uh, what, for, is, what Jonathan, is he they, better with someone behind him? I I think uh, the beauty about David is I think. Because John Or Davies. Davies can be that guy in behind. David's very disciplined as a striker. His positioning is really good. So let Davies do his thing. Let Davies do his thing. I, I see nothing wrong with it. Uh, I could be wrong on this formation. Uh, Jeff, are they going four in the back or three? Jeff, Jeff Blair uh, believes they're going three in the back. You're probably right. I would go four. Honestly, Alistair Johnson can take that whole side. He can take the whole side. Let Tejon Buchanan run every chance he gets at a fairly old defense in Belgium, and let's see what happens. But either way, they're not losing this game today. Okay. They are—Canada's not losing this game. Give pack.
0: me a score, tough guy.
1: 2-1 Canada. Wow. 2-1 Canada. Not just our first goal. Yep. Our first two goals. 2-1 Canada final today. Make the final. Uh, Jonathan David and Tejan Buchanan get the goals. And, I Ishma- love it. and Ishmael Kony becomes the it player of this World Cup. This is my, the my, it player. And this is my only ask, which, which is an incredible story. This is a guy who was
0: an unemployed footballer yep. not long ago, and all of a sudden is is uh, you know influential with much more impact. Finds himself in national team camp just as maybe a look for the future forces his way onto the plane in Qatar. And now, to your point, could play a pivotal role in match one. All, I have lower expectations. All I want is not only for our first goal, but for our first goal to be something we can truly celebrate, something world-class. Not a bundled-in own goal, not a meaningless goal. I'll take an like, own. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'll take an own goal for our first ever. Yes. goal, you want to
1: own? Goal? I don't care how you know, it goes. In.
0: Somebody needs to own it. Someone needs to be that guy on the PR care. tour going into PT in. afterwards with the ball, and you're like, you and Dita are <laughs> taking photos
1: with it. Someone needs to be that guy. I don't care who it is. All right, listen. If you're telling me Canada's up one nothing at the half. It could go off a guy's rear end and go in from Belgium, and I'm gonna act like I saw Maradona just go through a whole team. In the, the funny
0: thing is, if that happens
1: in this country,
0: the guy who scored the own goal would be a celebrity in this country. Yes. he would be doing the PR tour yes. in this country after the fact. We'd be so excited. It'd be Canada's Danny De <laughs> Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Whatever minute it happens, we'd be singing yes. for him. Um, before we break, uh, and do a you know a, a line substitution because, uh, you know. You are a player for a top club, so we have to raise you. We have to, we have to, um, we, we have to save you. Uh, so we'll have a, a, a substitution for you. Um, and the young legs of, of uh, Devang Desai and Jeff Blair will come in uh, and put in a shift after you. Portugal. The, the team, obviously close to your heart. There's been a little bit of controversy with Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know if you heard. Yeah, I heard. I heard him and Pierce
1: Morgan had a bit of a conversation. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah. United and his lawyers apparently had a bit of a conversation. And so now we get on the, the Glazers. The Glazers had a conversation oh, too well, with their lawyers. The
0: Glazers, out. owners of Manchester uh, United, like as 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 hated as Ronaldo might be by some United fans, it's universal that everybody hates the Glazers. Yep. What are your feelings around Portugal in this tournament? And has the
1: Ronaldo debacle impacted the way you feel going on. I I think I think Manu Manchester United yesterday tearing up Ronaldo's contract has given me more hope than ever that Portugal might win this thing. Do tell. There's no more looking behind you. There's no more looking behind you. It's done. It's done. That controversy with Manu, that interview with Piers Morgan. That nasty ending that will forever tarnish his time there. I don't care what anyone says. It will tarnish his time there. He now has, like, a big, fairly self-inflicted weight off his shoulders. He doesn't have to think about it anymore. He can think about Ghana and Uruguay and South Korea and whatever happens after that. And, and, And he now, for the first time in a long time, is unemployed. He's auditioning. And I think if you're Portugal, this is the Ronaldo you want. Mm -hmm. This is the Ronaldo you want. He's trying to show people that he's still worth it. That he's still worth $300,000 a week in salary or more. I think that's the guy you want for three or four weeks of this tournament. A guy who's been humble to a certain extent and doesn't really know what the future holds and knows that... The world kind of hates his guts right now for different reasons. What if he, as captain, raises this trophy and shoves it down everyone's throat? What incentive that is? What incentive? This Portugal team on paper, I've, I haven't said this publicly a lot, it's the best team I've ever seen them send to a tournament. Really? It's not even close. It's not even close. If if Ronaldo, some um, of
0: the Figo teams?
1: Yes. Oh. Those Figo teams weren't as deep. Weren't as deep. They got like a $100 million kid and Juan Felix coming off the bench. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, a motivated Ronaldo can score seven goals in this tournament and they win the tournament. Wow. They win the tournament. Or they don't. Right.
0: <laughs> or they don't win the tournament. Well, you said it impacted his legacy. And the last thing uh, before we, we break, you have been a staunch Ronaldo supporter in the soccer debate of our era. Ronaldo or Messi, has any of this changed the way you view him in relation to Messi as the GOAT of this generation?
1: I don't like how Ronaldo just handled his business at at Manchester United. It was cowardly. It was cowardly. And um, if if both of them uh, go to their soccer graves having never won a World Cup, I think Messi's, I'd put Messi ahead of him. Just because of the way he handles his business. I I was disgusted at the way he left Manchester United. It was disgusting. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous he felt he had to do that. And it was it was six months he was six months away from leaving anyway. Why do that? So um, now with that said, if Ronaldo has the tournament of his life here, I think it's a different story. Right. But if all things being World Cup equal, I'm looking at Messi differently now. It's not like Messi hasn't been upset. Messi ruined Barcelona a couple of years ago. People sure. forget the story. He ruined the old president. But I've never seen a player do what Ronaldo did at his level, and I will look at Messi a little bit better than Ronaldo unless he justifies, he redeems himself here over the next three weeks. I have to be honest; I hated the way that ended. Hated the way that ended at Mania. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, we
0: will be watching. Uh, we'll be watching uh, you as you get up every morning uh, with Dina and Tammy and Devo and the entire crew. Uh, we'll be watching today. I know you'll be watching. Thank you for taking time to set up what is going to be. The ultimate match. It's it's great down here. Plus temperatures so warm. It's we a may, beautiful day. We may man. not need these heaters anymore. And I kind of smell something burning. So it may was my shoes. It Legit, it?
1: my shoes started to smoke up next it's, to the heater. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. You know, you know who else's boots are gonna be warm today? Canada's. Guys, the game's soon. we got to get better at this. (laughs) I'm the only one in this room chanting. This is ridiculous.
0: Come down to Cafe Diplomatico.
1: Be better by two. (laughs) Little Italy,
0: College and Clinton, food, screens throat, massive video wall, and Sid leading the chants, the cheers, and the singing. Uh, Thank you, Sid. This is Going Deep. Stay with us.
2: The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Lucille Bryan.
0: I'm Clifton Bryan.
2: My grandson has a show, and I'm so happy that you are listening to Go and Deal with Donovan, Donovan Bennett. I'm so glad that you had the show. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Grandma, like many Canadians. Immigrants who came to this country are going to be wearing red and white around their TVs today. It's a beautiful thing. Same is true for the 11 men that take the pitch for us, representing so many other nations. But I think this team is real cool because they're the ultimate Canadian story. I also think they're pretty fascinating because I have no idea how they're going to set up. We talked about it with Sid before the break. He gave us his starting eleven. First of all, if Sid was a manager, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> uh, the manager gets straight red. Oh, Ronaldo would be playing. It that, does. That's true. Too. That's true too. Joined by Jeff Blair, and Devang Desai, uh, who, who maybe have the same passion and uh, might be a little bit more pragmatic in their setup. <laughs> Let's start there. First of all, it's just a great thing that we're having this conversation. How is Canada gonna set up at a major international tournament? That they have options. Worth discussing. So I, I'll put the manager's hat on both of you. I, I think, as I said to Sid, there are some names that are automatically on the team right. sheet based off of how they've qualified, but there are some real questions and how progressive they want to play and, and and who is fully fit. Jeff, you're the manager. How are you setting up this team? I,
2: I'm a big believer that, especially, well, having covered John Herdman in tournaments. I think what John Herdman will do first and foremost is play the formation he wants to play. I don't think he'll necessarily let the opposition dictate the formation. I could be wrong. I'd like him to go 3-4-3. One thing you know about Belgium is teams that have had success against Belgium have played five at the back. Recently, the Netherlands did that. Now, okay, Canada doesn't have the same level of talent in their back line that the Netherlands did, but... That's kind of what I'm expecting. You you know, I don't get really tied up a lot in tactics because if you look at recent World Cups, it's not so much the formations that make the difference. It's the in-game decisions that coaches make in terms of how they use a player. You know, you look at Germany, their last World Cup. Big controversy in Germany was the positioning of Philipp Lahm. Well, before the quarterfinal game, uh, Jürgen Lo decides that he's going to put... Philip Lamb at right back. Makes all the difference in the world. Not a huge tactical switch, but if you go through the history of the World Cup, more often than not it's what the coach sees in a certain player, Thierry Henry's another guy, and how does he utilize that player? And I that's kind of the way I look at it with this with this team.
3: Savan, how do you see it? I've been going back and forth on this and, and thinking about Kevin De Bruyne especially having night terrors about Kevin yes. De Bruyne. How do you stop him? Yeah. Et cetera. It's limited um, service. But to to back up Jeff's point, I, I look at the three five two and maybe they go to that, but are you utilizing Alfonso Davies in the best way in a three five two? Probably not. So I think just as much as we're game planning for Kevin De Bruyne, I think Belgium has been thinking about how to stop the pace on the wings themselves. So in that case, lining up like they've been lining up in that 3-4-3 three, three makes the most sense to me.
2: Yeah, I'm sure, you know what, I'm, I'm sure Roberto Martinez in Belgium, they looked at that Japan-Germany game, they saw how Japan got that winning goal, that, I mean, that's his nightmare, closing his eyes and seeing one of the Canadian wingers running down there, and one of those 95-year-old defenders <laughs> getting stuck, getting stuck in the back line.
0: Yeah, and the question is, which winger or which wing back, right? Like, there are going to be hard conversations. I'm real fascinated on how they set up in the final third. Are you going to tell Kyle Lahren, I know you're massive in getting us here, but guess what? You're not playing a part in this first match. Are you saying that to Sam Kube or, or Richie Larea? And so those choices, and I, I I don't know. Like, you know, some managers build from the back and some managers build from the front. And I don't know if, although Jonathan David and Kyle Lahren are two of our best players, I don't know if we've seen the best of them on the pitch together. No. And I don't know how that impacts how you set up your side.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great point. Uh, look, I'm I'm a big fan of, of having Laren and Richie Larea come off the bench. Uh, love Richie Larea, but let's face it, he is a yellow card waiting to happen. <laughs> yes. And I would much rather run him off in the 60th minute depending on how the game is going. But um, yeah, Kyle Laren is and, and this kind of gets to your point about how far we've advanced as a soccer country. I mean, in the past, we wouldn't have 11 good players to put There's out no there. We've yes. we, pulling we, no guys out yeah. of the Cafe Diplomatico back here, <laughs> yeah. right, and, and, and putting them out there. And now you can have a debate not only about who makes the team, but who plays with who. And yeah... I think, I think Junior Hoylet has to start for a variety of reasons. I think he's, if people need to remember, go back and look at Junior Hoylett's decision to join the Canadian program. At the time, that was massive. He had a choice of Jamaica. He had a choice, an outside choice, of joining the English setup. When he committed to Canada, that was a huge huge moment before all the good stuff happened to canada so i hope he gets the start but like you i am intrigued in seeing how kyle laren and jonathan david work together i I think jonathan david's going to
3: be the man of the tournament for canada i just have that feeling i think it's interesting that kyle erin plays domestically in belgium too yeah i wonder i wonder if that goes into some decision making for john john buchanan does exactly so Well scouted, well known, but is Kyle Aaron someone you think, hmm, the 60th minute, is he someone we can bring on and feel like he can change the game? And I think they can. So to back up that point, we haven't really had these conversations before because there wasn't enough talent. And now here we are. And having Junior Hoylett rewarded for buying in as early as he did, I think it makes a difference. And it makes a difference to those people in the locker room as well who back him entirely.
0: Well, the other fascinating thing is Herdman has said and there's certainly some mind games at major tournaments but he said we're going there to play football we're going to be on the front foot now that's one thing to say it if right. you're chasing the ball for 25 minutes it's a little bit more difficult right? but I wonder if pro or con the result already in the group where you've got Canada the lowest ranked team in the group but We've got a couple aging sides and, uh, in there. They should feel they should take a point, at least from anyone they play. The result in the group, a, a nil-nil draw, which is the theme of this tournament. But also, some minnows making some major statements earlier uh, in match days before this. I wonder if that changes, one, the belief, but two, the way you manage it. Because in, in tournament football, you're, you're managing the yeah, group in the tournament, exactly. not just that result. No, listen, I, I think...
2: I think the scoreless draw between Morocco and Croatia really has to figure in what John Herbman wants to do here. Uh, You're going to have to beat Morocco to get out of this. To get out of this pool. You are. Morocco looked really good. And Morocco really... they kicked the snot out of Luka Modric. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And that... I think John Herdman's looking at that game. I think he's been looking at that game since the draw came out. That will tell us whether or not Canada has a shot of going through or doesn't have a shot of going through. I mean, if they can pull a point out today somehow, yeah. that would be great. But to me, it, it comes down to Morocco.
3: And it always was going to come down to Morocco. I think the calculus changes too when you see it's 0-0 between Morocco and Croatia. That has to, like Donovan said... Maybe that's something you're thinking thinking about because a draw definitely does you well, but a loss... And now you're yeah. sitting in fourth in the, in the group and looking very unlikely to get through. I was watching Costa Rica and Spain and thinking, get through those first 10 minutes, get through those first 20 minutes. Our friend John Molinero from Sportsnet.ca used to look at games in blocks of 10 mm-hmm. and just count your blessings after each 10th minute. And I think that's how Canada has to approach the early parts of this game, because if you go down early big time, it might be a disaster. Starting lineup for Canada is in, it is Hutchinson.
2: Uh, the captain, Borean, Johnson, Miller, Vittoria, Stakio, Junior Hoylett, starts, Tay-John Buchanan, Alfonso Davies, uh, Jonathan David, and Richie Larea wow. starts Richie. for Canada. So Richie Richie's Larea is in. So uh,
0: almost yeah, is go. on the bench. Verbatim. What Jeff Blair asked for, except
2: for <laughs> Richie, Larea. except for Richie, Richie Larea, Larea. Larea, Yeah. Well, again, we'll see. If Richie Larea can get through the first 10 minutes without getting a yellow card, it'll be. Yeah, and that yellow card might be for dissent. It <laughs> might not it's be for. No, I was going to say it's yeah. a good chance it's for descent dissent, Donovan. That's or very good. Retaliation for Belgium. Retaliation. Yes, yeah, that, that's,
0: that's true. But it, you mentioned looking at the game in those blocks of time and managing the game. And Jeff, you mentioned, you know, yeah. Madras basically, you know, having such a physical match. I, 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 wonder, I see this match the same way when you look at a guy like Kevin De Bruyne, where you could play 90-plus amazing minutes, and the game turns mm-hmm. in an instance because he has that type of quality. And so, obviously, you have to limit his service. But I wonder if you, you just have to essentially make sure if he's touching it, he's touching the ground, right? We will take... Uh, you know, go to the dark arts and take football fouls <laughs> yeah. as much as we need to just to manage the fact that he is that quality in that class.
3: The other part about Belgium, Kevin De Bruyne is amazing, but I think their midfield in general is very good in general. Yuri yeah, Teelsman, yeah. Tielemans is very good. Axel Witzel can cause you problems. I'm a little worried that we are focusing on KDB so much to the point where Telemans is afforded some time in some space and he uncorks a cracker from 30 yards out and you're down 1-0. That being said, what can you do if you're John Herdman? It makes sense to focus in on KDB. I just worry about the other guys too. Yeah, you know, one of the things John Herdman has a lot of experience with approaching
2: coaching the women's program is facing teams with transcendent players. And facing, in the case of the the Americans, teams where the the uh, where the weight of, of talent just overwhelms the team that you have, and I think this is where you're going to see him call on some of those some of those matches. I'm kind of with the van. Kevin de Bruyne is great, uh, but I think you I think if you focus too much on Kevin de Bruyne, you're losing track of of what you need to do to beat Belgium. If it's me, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but if it's me, I go right at him. I mean, I try to take him out of the game. He hate to say it, he's injury-prone. I mean, I'm telling my guys, go for his knees right off the start. I mean, you're going to have to do something like that in order to win this.
0: We're just an hour away from kickoff. Before I let either of you go, as we're down here at Cafe Diplomatico, feel free to come down. Big screens throughout. It's Toronto soccer headquarters. They're going to be doing this All throughout the tournament and tonight until 9. Before I let you go, there's many who are jumping on the bandwagon right now. Mm -hmm. They Didn't know Canada was in the tournament until Sid told them at 6 a.m. this morning. Uh, But they want to feel a part of it. And many people will be listening to this after this match concludes. For the uninitiated, when you're watching Canada throughout this tournament... What should they watch for? What are the problems that we can provide for, for other sides in terms of uh, getting good results, having a good showing at the world stage?
2: The first thing I'm doing when I watch this tournament is I'm keeping in mind that it's not about this tournament. It's about the next World Cup. I'm looking at all the guys who are 20, 23, 24, guys who are going to be in their prime when we host the World Cup. We already know we're in as a host, so John Herdman's going to have time to build the team up. Which I was
0: essentially would, nine of the
2: starting eleven. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if I'm I, if I'm watching this, I just want to watch. I want to watch the Canadian speed. I think that's, that's going to be fascinating. As I said, watching Japan beat my Germans earlier, watching the speed of the Japanese. Keep in mind that we haven't had a World Cup at this time of the season. This is not a normal time for for players to be competing in a tournament. And. Um, I'm looking for their speed. That's what I'm watching.
3: I'd say we love Davies and David and the stars up front, but big tournaments are about set pieces, and I think all that pace that Jeff mentioned will create free kicks, and I think the centre-backs, Cabal Miller, Stephen Victoria, yes. are going to be massively important, not just defensively, but on the offensive end as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of them also opens the scoring against Belgium today. Yep.
0: Well, uh, Martinez, the manager for Belgium, notoriously... Has not really cared about set pieces, so maybe smash and grab, nick a goal, uh, get a celebration. I, As I said, I want to see that first goal, and I, God, please don't let it be an own goal. Give me a celebration. <laughs> Give me something real. Give me someone to be doing a PR tour around Canada after saying they're the first man to score at a World Cup. It's going to be fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, fellas. Thanks, DJ. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the tournament. This is real fun.